Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into concerns for a team's present and future. And questions are always welcome, whether on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest line, or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode starting pitching realities and overreactions and ask me questions if I was confusing. Regardless which color of a new can of paint you break open, you wipe it all down, you splash the new color of paint all over it, The Cubs still have no more than five valid starting pitchers right now. And, depending upon if you consider Adber Alzelay or Alec Mills a valid starting pitcher, they may have less than five. That's not going to change until Jose Quintana or Tyler Chatwood are healthy enough to be considered starting pitchers. The Cubs walked into the season with five. Alec Mills was the sixth. And Mills filled in admirably while Jose Quintana was injured. Tyler Chetwood had two good starts. Then things started to go south. But with a 60-game season, the Cubs had gotten off to a nice start in the division. Other teams in the division have bigger problems than the Cubs, which is actually a fairly reasonable podcast in and of itself. But the Cubs took an early lead in the division, and they've kept it. Right now, their starting pitching isn't very deep. And that's not going to change. Starting pitching realities and overreactions. The starting pitching right now is certainly too deep. John Lester, you get to make your mind up. You know what he's going to give you. You know what he's going to give you. He's going to give you an effort. He's going to have his pitch count high after three and four innings. He'll probably get bounced after five or five and a fraction innings because that's who he is now. And regardless if you, I wish John Lester were like he were back in 26. He's not. He's gritty, he's grindy, he's going to give you all that he has, but he's not that guy. Not anymore. So the Cubs have two starting pitchers at the top who are quite reliable. They have three guys that are expiring contracts that will probably not be back next season. And then they have Edward Elzele, Tyson Miller, Colin Ray. That's who they have. 
this season was not going to be long-term salvaged by a deadline trade. It it, it wasn't going to work that way. The Cubs were not going to offer long-term quality. They weren't going to give up, oh, Cole Roederer and Raphael Morel to get a rental starting pitcher. Nor should they have. Or possibly a pitcher who has been shaky in the past, has had five or six good starts this year, and may have a contract for next year, but historically isn't really all that good anyway. That'd be kind of somewhere along the lines of Lance Lynn. This year, the Cubs weren't going to mortgage a whole lot anyway. They figured... They'd show up, represent with their talent that they have, and if that's good enough, they'd happily accept the division. And that's where they are now. The Pirates are having troubles. The Reds are not doing as they should. Which leaves the Pirates and the Brewers, who are, which leaves the Cardinals and the Brewers, who are, ba- who are basically 500 teams. And there are 500 teams that have 10 games against each other down the stretch. And one of them is probably going to whack-a-mole the other out of playoff contention, at least as far as the Cubs are concerned. Now, they might make the eighth spot. They might make the seventh spot. But it's highly doubtful that either of them would play the Cubs. It's baseball. You never know. Starting pitching is a problem. It's going to be a problem, and it's going to be a problem until the Cubs figure out a way to start developing their own. Because I really doubt, I really doubt, ownership is going to do what they did last time and spend a bunch of money on you, Darvish and spend a bunch of money on Tyler Chatwood and spend a bunch of money on John Lester. I really doubt that's going to happen. It's probably going to be a case of y'all got to figure this one out. So... If the Cubs' seven best pitchers now are in order, I think think this is pretty much in order. I, I don't know that I've ever seen a case of the Cubs having the top seven pitching slots so much in order. One, Hugh Darvish. Two, Kyle Hendricks. Three, John Lester. Four, Alec Mills. Five, Eber Elzele. Six, I guess six and seven, you could argue. You could argue whether Tyson Miller makes more sense than Colin Ray. Six and seven or Colin Ray, I guess they'd be on the same line. But there's really not much of a reason right now to make any changes. Because... Right now, the next 8, 10, 12 games shouldn't really be all that stress-inducing. Cubs' next next 12 games. Over the next 12 games, the Cubs should probably win 4, 5, 6, 7 of them. And that ought to be enough. They're close enough where if they win four, five, six, 
seven of them of the next 12. That ought to be enough. And by that ought to be enough, it should get them qualified for the postseason or send them quite a distance along the way of getting to the postseason. Now, if the Cubs lose 11 of 12 starting here, then yeah, probably there's a little bit of reason for concern. But if they lose 11 of 12 starting here, that probably means that Kyle Hendricks is struggling, you Darvish is struggling, the offense is continuing to struggle, and if a team has no starting pitching and their offense is struggling, they probably don't belong in the postseason anyway. What sort of overreactions could the Cubs make right now that should be opposed? If somebody's saying the Cubs completely need to make a move, they need to do something different because the guys that they have at the back end of the rotation just aren't getting it done now. They need to. Well, things they could do. They could make an after-the-trade-deadline trade and acquire someone. Now, they wouldn't be eligible for the playoffs, and the Cubs would probably give up too much of the future to make one of those trades. So that would probably be foolish because as you look at the Cubs roster now, what percentage do you give them of making the World Series? Not, not winning it, just making it. What percentage chance do you give the Cubs of making the World Series? 9%, 8%, maybe 10%? I don't think it should be anything much higher than that. When they make the playoffs, they will be an ordinary team in the playoffs. They will not be an elite team. They will be an ordinary team in the playoffs. There's no reason to think that this team right now is any better than 8, 9, 10. Let's be horribly generous and say they are a 10% to make the World Series. 10%. Okay, so now let's also say they do something very aggressive. They surrender the future to get one pitcher to get them two or three starts before the postseason ends. And they surrender the future to do that. By the way, I woke up this morning and checked the podcasts and again, the numbers are very good. I am very appreciative of you guys listening in. Hopefully there's a podcast that you hear that you think, you know, this might be good for that one person who. And maybe there's someone who's a big proponent of the Cubs doing something very rash, very aggressive, very assertive right now. And maybe this would be a good podcast for them. But th think about, is there anyone who might be interested in listening to one of these podcasts? 
Anchor allows sponsorships of podcasts. But most of all, I just appreciate you guys listening. So let's say the 10% to win the NL Crown Chicago Cubs make a very aggressive move and add a starting pitcher. Now, they won't be eligible to play in the playoffs. They won't be able to. But they made an aggressive move, and they traded away some of their future to do it. Maybe Rafael Murrow. You know, somebody, somebody who has a potential future. How much do you think a pitcher who might help them win two or three games before the end of the regular season. How much do you think that bumps up their likelihood of winning the National National League Championship? Starting at 10%, what do you think that pushes them up to? Maybe 12%? Maybe? That would probably be way too extreme. Maybe 12%? Would Should the Cubs be willing to surrender a legitimate piece of their future for a 2% chance of 2% increase in a chance of going to the World Series from 10 to 12? Some people will say, yeah, I say no way in the world. The likelihood, if you're rolling percentile dice, of you rolling an 11 or a 12 is very remote. Very remote. The Cubs don't look like an elite team. And it's not being, you're not a true Cubs fan saying that. It's being real realist. Another overreaction the Cubs could make is calling up someone from the minor leagues who has no reason to be in the major leagues yet. Saw someone overnight who usually I can agree somewhat with their opinions. They said the Cubs should call up Braylon Marquez, Corey Abbott, Brennan Davis, and Burl Carraway. I asked, why? Do you think those four are actually going to be major league quality players right now? Now, I asked that about, looks at the clock, I asked that about 12 hours ago. Somewhere on there. They haven't responded yet. When you ask somebody a question and they've seen the question and they haven't responded to you in 12 hours, you know what the answer is. If he had ammunition, if he had evidence, I ask for evidence. What's your evidence that they would do better, that they would be capable? They, they... When you're doing something desperate for a good reason 
usually it's a bad thing. Imagine you and someone who you've had a nice time with the last two nights or the last two times and you just just met each other, just starting to get to know each other. And the other one says, let's go to Vegas and get married. Second date. Let's go to Vegas and get married. It could work. It could be the best move of your life. The odds are against it, though. The odds are when you do something rash, when you do something that seems to be an overreaction, it's probably a bad thing. Right now, the Cubs are who they are. There really aren't any surprises. They're kind of like that Cardinals championship team from goodness, what year? What year was it? 2000. 2004, something like that. They'd been piddling around the 500 mark all year, piddling around the 500, and a whole bunch of really good talent in there, piddling around the five. Then right before the World Series, they finally won the division, and because the division was horrible that year. And uh, as the playoffs started, they figured it out. They won the World Series. It could happen. It's highly unlikely. The Cubs realistically have two good pitchers. That's not going to change. In that first round, the Cubs are going to be a very difficult draw, especially if they're against one of the bottom half of the qualifiers. Darvish and Hendricks with the Cubs batting last in a three-game series would be a huge advantage. But anything further than that, any of the other pitchers, any of the other pitchers, even if Chatwood and Quintana get back, any of the other Cubs pitchers, it's just not there. And that's who the Cubs are. Fandom is a wonderful thing, but when you're a fan of a team, it's also possible to stare at the realities. This is not an elite team. Not an elite team. Somebody was saying, maybe it will be that the Cubs only win one World Series with this, with this core. In 2017... The Astros and the Dodgers were better than the Cubs in 2018. The Astros and the Dodgers were better than the Cubs in 2019. The Astros and the Dodgers were better than the Cubs. That's not even taking into any other team, taking into consideration any other teams in any of the years. The Cubs had a fantastic season in 2016. And for all practical purposes, they lost some pieces that haven't been replaced. They were very fortunate to win it in 2016. But people 
don't look at things with reality. They look at things too often with their rosy scenario glasses and they overreact and they think that the other teams ought to... No, the Cubs are not that good of a team until they start answering the basic questions. I'm trying to ask around here. The players they should call up they should call up because they're ready. They're ready to contribute. They're ready to help the team win. If they're not ready to contribute and help the team win right now, don't call them up. The best thing to do with a player who is developing but isn't ready yet is leave them where they are. If you honestly think that one of the pitchers in the minor leagues is good enough to get through a lineup with Paul Goldschmidt and DeYoung and uh, Brad Miller and, you know, th- go, go five or six innings and, you know, two hit, one run baseball. Make the case for that. Make the case for why they're good enough to dominate a reasonably good major league offense. Probably they're not. Probably they're not that good. And if they're not that good, they shouldn't get called up. One thing I'm going to try to remember to do next year, if Burl Caraway is struggling in double A, I'm going to try to remember to ask people who the Cubs should definitely call up Burl Caraway. Well, why should they have called him up last year when this year he can't even get double-A hitters out? Go ahead. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for your answer. When I speak that fashion about Burl Caraway, I'm not ripping on Caraway. I'm commenting on how difficult it is to get better than advanced-A hitting. And then, after that, how difficult it is to get better than double-A hitting. And then, after that, how difficult it is to get better than triple-A hitting. And then, after that, how difficult it is to get better than major league hitting. You don't just snap your fingers and, see, this guy throws 99 from the left side. He's obviously going to get people out. Why? Ninety-nine helps. Left-handed helps. But what really helps is constantly making good pitches. Having two pitches that you can put exactly where you want them. Or pretty darn close. The reality is with the Cubs, their starting pitching's not there. Their offense hasn't been enough to overcome when... The starting pitching has been really shaky. And overreactions to that don't help anything. The year is going to roll into October, presumably with a baseball postseason. And I'll be surprised at that. I'll be honest. I didn't think they were going to get there. I didn't think they were going to get there. It looks like they might. But I certainly don't think the Cubs should do anything rash. Because 
if they get in eight postseason games, they're very fortunate. Don't do anything rash. And if you hear someone saying the Cubs should do something aggressive because somebody has to be, you know, insert player here, has to be better than that person, shoot on this podcast. I, 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 I don't grasp the concept of somebody has to be better than Tyson Miller. Tyson Miller has developed very well. He had a very good year at AA, and he is a very good professional pitcher. As of right now, he's probably not who you would want as an every five-day starter. Is that who he's going to be forever? I don't know. Is he worth a 40-man roster spot in the offseason? I think he probably is, because I can't see that far into the future. But as far as the starting pitching realities now, they're not worth overreaction. The, the, the starting pitching problems will not be fixed by an overreaction. So, since the, since the problems aren't going to be fixed by an overreaction... Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll try to post another podcast as circumstances warrant. I'll attempt to make that one worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs, go. Be nice to people.